wow, all right, 2020. I mean, that is a big word, right? I mean, the, the word in and of itself is, uh, you know, kind of one of those, it's just it's a new year, guys. I mean, 2020 is coming, and as I think about 2020, not only is the sound of it great, um, but if you're a little bit OCD, just kind of the symmetry of 2020 is great, right? I just, I just like it. Like some of you are going to be writing 2019 on your checks all year long, but all, all OCD people love 2020. I mean, we're already writing it, 2020, just fits, it's just pretty. Um, the sound of it's cool, the symmetry of it is cool, but the hope of it is very refreshing, isn't it? The hope of a new year. I mean, Januaries are one of the greatest gifts the Lord's given us. Just a chance to reboot, restart, fresh hope, uh, fresh joy, from new presence. Um, 2020, it's here. All years really are a new grace gift. You know, they're kind of like those old leaves that crumble in the fall and, and fall into the ground and begin to germinate. And just so that the new can come, boom, explode on the scene. Um, I really do. I pray that 2020 is the greatest year of your life. I pray that. I hope that for you and your family. I hope that for our church. I can remember thinking when I was young about 2020. Do y'all, can y'all remember saying this? I wonder what I'll be doing when it's 2020. <laughs> I can remember that. I can remember saying that and... Um, mainly the, the big thing in my head for 2020 was, well, I just really hope that I'm still alive in 2020. Uh, so here I am, an overachiever. Um, we made it, so that's at least a good thing. I made it to 2020. I really did. I had this fixation with there's no way I'm going to make it to 2020. But we made it. Um, and all the things that I thought of I would be doing in 2020, I'm not doing any of them. <laughs> not a one of them. Um, but you know what? Every pain and every joy, every success and every struggle are all a great grace on the journey. No matter if 2020 is what you thought it would be or, or not what you thought it would be, God's grace is in the midst of you not making it to where you want to be or in the midst of making it to where you thought you would be. His touch is in all of it. All of it is a sanctification process to where he's used every moment of your life Every pain, every joy, every hurt, every struggle he has used in your life. Every crazy move to a different town, every baby you didn't expect, uh, all of it. He uses everything for his good and for his glory. Um, I pray 2020 is the greatest year in your life. All that leads to my singular point that I think the text is going to get us today. I think every year we kind of come to the moment of, how do I have more joy than I had last year? How do I have joy in the midst of 2020? Like, how do I finally settle down and have rest in my soul? Well, I want to kind of unpack maybe just a key that I think is in the text to joy. And it's kind of there in your handout. It's got the title there, maybe the key to joy. And I think the singular point I want to make today is this. Your level of present joy in Christ is indeed the key to your personal joy in 2020. Your present level of joy in Christ is exact correlation to your level of personal joy as an individual in 2020. 
And that's going to be in our text today. And so if it, we're going, I think it's on the screen. Yeah, on the screen today. And we're going to wrap up Matthew chapter 12. Many of you guys know we journey through books of the Bible at Safe Haven. We're journeying through the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we've made it to Matthew chapter 12. So it's fitting that in conclusion to 2019, we'll wrap up chapter 12. We'll kick off 13 at some point. I think that we may jump into a modified series on what does um, marriage and relationships and singleness look like. That's just kind of a, a thing that I'm thinking through that we may jam in there before we jump back into Matthew, but that's just a little tidbit of info, so you know that may be coming. On All the elders in the room right now just said, what on earth did he just say out loud? Um, I apologize for that, but I think that's something the Lord's speaking into us. I've had a lot of questions, but anyway, all that to say, uh, Matthew 12 is where we're going to um, wrap up today. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38 says this, um, then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. Now, don't miss that out in context, especially what we're talking about today. These people are both living in the joy of the past and living in the joy of the future and missing out totally on the joy of the present. Right in that one little phrase right there. Did you catch that? So let's read it again. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. Well, the key was they had once seen what once was. They were kind of living in that past that we've seen you do a miracle and we wish you to see it again. And they found joy in that. Back in the past, they saw Jesus make the blind see again. They saw the lame walk again. They saw what Jesus could do. They, they saw water turned into wine. Praise the Lord. They saw bread multiplied. They saw fish multiplied. They saw these things and they said, if you did that in the past, boy, we'd really like to see that again so that we can have some form of joy again. They were living in what once was. And living in the past will rob you in 2020 of present joy. It will. It doesn't matter what your past was. It's always going to be a lose-lose situation. If your hope for joy in 2020 is to replicate the past, it's always going to let you down. Let me illustrate that. Again, it doesn't matter if it's painful or if it was a success. If your past was painful and you keep living in the past, then that pain will continually suck the joy and life right out of you. It's just a perpetual punishment that you place on yourself. And so we all can kind of relate to that. You are more than the sum of your hurts. That's what I'm trying to say. And so if we're living in the past and constantly reflecting on, okay, this once was, this was hurtful. If you're living there, you'll never find present joy. And my encouragement to you is get out of the past. <laughs> you are made for more than your past. Okay? But if your past was glorious and you're living there, it will also suck the joy out of you in 2020. Again, these Pharisees keep going, we want what was in the past. That's where we find our joy, that glory back in the past. And we'll get to that in just a second. But if you're continually living in the joy of the past, you're kind of like Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite, right? It sucked the life out of him. It sucked every fiber of being out of him. He, Uncle Rico, if you don't know what Napoleon Dynamite is, Uncle Rico 
was the high school quarterback. He was the star. And as we remember, many of us remember in the movie, he, he lived there in a van and he tried to keep being the quarterback, <laughs> doing video footage to be the quarterback, a 50-year-old man living in the glories of the past. They'll suck the joy out of your present if you're living in the past. And so I see this in this text. They're missing out on the Christ in front of them because of what once was. Don't live in the what once was. But I think we can also see that they were living in the future as well, right? We want you to do what once was, and we also want you to do what could be. And living in the could be's will suck the joy out of you just as much as living in the what once was is. That sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. They saw what could be, and they missed out on Christ. They loved him for what he did, but forgot the joy of who he was. And so living in the future will rob you just as much of your present joy. It's a case of the what if. What if in 2020? What if this could be? And the what ifs will make you miss out on the here now. In 1982-ish, um, when many in this room were just a, a glimmer only in the thought of our sovereign Lord, <laughs> about 1982-ish, there was a total eclipse. And at Northport, I mean Northport, I wasn't here, um, at North Highlands Elementary School, we had the, um, the eclipse sunglasses that we built. Y'all, do they still do that today? Where you, we, we cut out the cardboard and then we put the little pinholes in it and all that kind of stuff and and our teacher let us decorate them and, and it was just it we built it up for a week it might have been one of those weeks you know where it's about to be break and the teachers are like we're just going to build this all week long you know um but that's what we were doing we were building these sunglasses for this eclipse and they built it up and the whole school went out to the playground and you know it was nobody look at the sun because you'll burn your eyeballs out right and then they would pull all of some of us uh, very special elite children aside and go, you specifically, <laughs> do not look at the sun. You know, and they'd put duct tape on our eyes so we, you know, they wouldn't do that. You guys. Okay. And, and so I remember that. And so we all went out to the playground. And we got out to the playground. And I'm looking at everybody else's decoration, all the artsy kids that, you know, their glasses looked like Tron. I mean, they were smooth and slick. And I and mine just had like some stick figures on it, right? And so in that moment, I thought, I need to decorate this up more. Everybody, I've got glasses envy. And so there I am, I'm, I'm looking down, and I'm, I'm drawing, and I hear all of a sudden, there it goes. And I'm like, no! And I grab my glasses and, and try to slap them on, and all of a sudden, you know, the sun is back to normal. And I miss the whole eclipse of 1982-ish, right? Missed it! And I missed it for the hope of what my glasses could be. Stupid, dumb. And right now in the room, you're going, Troy, that was dumb. It's a piece of cardboard, man. You can always have a piece of cardboard. It's just as dumb to live in your life in the what could be's and miss out on the what is here right now. What they did. Jesus was sitting in their midst, the only hope of present joy. I mean, he is there for them to touch, to hold, to hug, to embrace, to talk to, to be with. And they go, what could be? What could be? Don't live in the what could be's in 2020. Live in the here, the now, the present Jesus 
here personally. This is a, what's happened to these people. And Christ is none too pleased. So here we go with the rest of the text. Okay? So it began again with, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teachers, we wish to see a sign from you. Something you did in the past, something you can do in the future. And this ticks him off. (laughs) You wouldn't think a phrase like that would really tick Jesus off. Well, brother, it does. Let's read. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. Shut the door. (laughs) I mean, that is not only a front slap, but it's a back slap and also a punch to the teeth. All the above. (laughs) He answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up. In other words, you want something from the past, you're going to get it. The men of Nineveh of old will judge you. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. They repented at the preaching of Jonah. They enjoyed the presence of the Father at just at the preaching of Jonah. And you're missing it. And he's right here in your midst. And something greater than Jonah is here Now, not in the past, not in the future, now. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. We don't have time to go verse by verse through this text. We're just kind of taking a thematic look. Verse 43. When the unclean spirits have gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest but finds none. And then the unclean spirit says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. And then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself. And they enter in and dwell there. Watch this. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also it will be with this evil generation. You guys seeking for a sign of what I did in the past and what I did in the future, you're going to be like a demonic person who has been tortured, the demon left, and brought back seven with it. What he's saying is this. If you continually seek for signs in the past, signs in the future, and mess out on Christ in the present, your life indeed will just be that of chaos, turmoil, and unrest. So you won't rest in 2020. The key is it's the person and work of Christ in the present. That's my hope for us. <laughs> I look at this text and I, I can't be blown. I, I, it blows my mind that this indeed is his response just to a question of will you show us a sign. It's kind of that wowzers moment. It's like in 11th grade. I, I don't know. I guess today is school story day. In 11th grade, I forgot my pencil, my number two pencil, um, and we were taking a Scantron test, and my English teacher required the number two pencil for the Scantron test, and I just simply needed one. And I asked her in that moment, hey, Miss So-and-so, you know, what is it that I need to do to get a pencil from you? (laughs) And she lost her mind. It was just one of those days. Again, that special child, Troy, you're always asking, <laughs> you, you still ain't got your glasses right. Here we are in 11th grade, right? Why do you need a pencil? I just forgot one, I promise I didn't. 
and she lost her lid. And that's kind of this moment. Jesus has lost his mind. But his response is justified. And here's why I say that. Because again, they are seeing and savoring what he could offer him and not him in and of himself. Will you see and savor the Christ in 2020? Will you see and savor his grace? Will you see and savor his love? Will you see and savor his purpose for your home, for your marriage, for your work, for school? Will you see and savor him above all things? Will you see and savor the Christ more than anything else? Your answer to that will dictate the level of personal joy you experience in the next year. That's why this was so important to him. It was kind of that lottery winner problem. And you're like, you're like no, 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 Troy, lottery winners do not have a problem. Well, I think if you do a little research, they do. Every time somebody wins the lottery, they'll tell you, most of them, will say, my life was met with turmoil. Why? Because every uncle and second uncle and third uncle and somebody who just wants to be your uncle, <laughs> call, right? Hey, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, I'm not your lottery handout winner. Do you love me or do you love what I offer? Where are you at? Where am I at? It's a simple point. Not being satisfied in the present presence of Christ alone will indeed result in unrest. So I just want you to think about that for a second. If you show me an area of unrest in your life, whatever it is, think about it right now. What is your level of unrest? If you show me that area of your life, I can pinpoint an area where Christ is not being worshipped as supreme in your life. And you know what you can do? The exact same to me. When you see me all tense and spinning out of my mind because I woke up at 6 a.m. and realized that the computer and backpack were in Birmingham, Alabama and hop in the car and drive over there and grab it this morning or some other morning, hypothetically speaking. <laughs> and I'm bouncing around when I get in here. I'm jittery and whatever. And that, there's that turmoil. You need to walk up to me and go, hey, Christ is supreme over even that, Troy. Because there's unrest because Christ has been off of the throne. Any area of life that you sense unrest, I promise you, it's because Christ has been removed from the throne in that point of access. It doesn't matter if it's your family. It doesn't matter if it's your school. It doesn't matter if it's your marriage. It doesn't matter if it's your work. Doesn't matter if it's that situation that I haven't mentioned. Whatever it is, Paul found the level of contentment. You know that old phrase, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that football players paint on their, underneath their eyes, right? You know what I'm talking about? You know that verse has a context. And the context of that is Paul had suffered all kinds of hardships. He had suffered persecution. He had suffered beatings. He had suffered shipwrecks. He had suffered being stoned. He had suffered all of these things. And here's what he says. He says, I found the secret of, in Philippians 4, contentment. I found the secret of rest. I found the secret of joy is what Paul says. And here's his answer. 
I can do all those things through Christ's personal, active presence who strengthens me in the moment of my unrest. That's my prayer for you and us in 2020. That we'll see and savor Christ more than anything. Anything. Let's wrap it up. Verse 46. While he was still speaking to the people, man, this gets good. Behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak with him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and brothers. Did you catch that? Was it the people of the past? Was it the potential people of the future, his literal mother and brothers at the door? Who was it? The people in his presence immediately. Here are my mothers and brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And herein lies his response as the band comes back up. I wish to have it on the screen, but once again, it just didn't work. Timing-wise this morning, I think here's what Christ is saying to us and to these people. If we want to have joy in 2020, then cherish his presence over his provision. Cherish just his presence over his provision. My perspective on Christmas, probably like yours, has changed over the years many, many times. When I was a kid, my perspective of Christmas was, I cannot wait to be around my presents, my parents, because they're going to give me presents. And now, it is, I really don't want my parents to give me anything. I just want to be around them one more time. Funny how that changes over the years, isn't it? And that's what Christ is saying. He's saying, if you want joy then it better not be rooted in what I can offer or what I once offered or blah, 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 blah. It's got to be rooted in do you just want to be around me one more time? And therein lies joy. I think he's saying that. Move from what do I get to whom do I get to be with? And then number two, if we want to have joy, not only cherish his presence over his provision, but cherish worship over his rewards. Cherish worship. I met a... I was ta- um, we'll do it this way. I met somebody this week. Um, it was a hard conversation. I actually had a hard conversation the past several weeks with this person. It was just hard. It was one of those hard moments in life. You've had them. We've all had them, right? It's just a hard, hard moment. And 
this moment had to be met with a response, which makes it even doubly hard, right? And this person was anxious about that and had to make some wrongs right. And here was their statement. As we sat and talked, they said, Troy, I've done a lot of bad stuff in my life. But for the rest of my life, I want to make amends in certain areas because all I want to be known as from here on out is a man after God's own heart. And that's wrecked me this week. Because I can't tell you how many times in 2019 and the rest of my life, honestly, I've lived in the, all I want to be known as is, forget that, Jesus just do this. Or do what once was. And it was just that simple act of obedience. And that person gets it. They get it. The joy of the present presence of Jesus in their life is more than anything else. No matter the cost. No matter the confession. No matter the requirement. Will we be that kind of people? Therein will lie your joy. Let's pray. Well, Lord Jesus, I want to be so enamored with you this year. In all things, That every moment, all I care about is, am I actively in your presence? And God, I, I know that as I say it out loud to you, Lord, I, I feel the weight of that is a lofty goal. And it's a crazy goal. And it's an impossible goal. But the Spirit of God that dwells within and so Jesus as we collectively contemplate the joy that is offered in you through living every moment of the day in your presence as we contemplate that goal would you by your spirit flood us and show us that Philippians 4 11 through 13 really is true that we Believers can indeed do all things, endure all things, hope in all things, that we can do all of that if conditionally we rest in Christ always and often in all things. Would you grant us that grace in 2020?
God, that 2020 would be the year that we go, whoa, I met with the Lord more than ever before in my life. Doesn't matter if the bank account runs dry. Doesn't matter if the building doesn't come. Doesn't matter if another kid pops up. Doesn't matter if another kid disappears. It doesn't matter. God, if we'll just be found faithful to sit at your feet and enjoy the joy of the now. Would you grant us peace? In Jesus, it's in your precious name I pray all these things. Amen.